I'm just very interested where the conversation's going to come. I'll start this over because that's probably going to be so loud. Sorry, James. Welcome to John's Mostly Movie Podcast. Joining me today, I have Nick Edwards. Hello. And you might hear from him later, Tofu. Uh, producer James, not with us today, uh, taking care of some stuff. So me and Nick are showing up here to deliver you a pod. But at the same time, it's been a very slow week for content purposes. Uh, not necessarily news purposes. Uh, Nick, have you caught everything that's happening in the news this week? Uh, just most of my propaganda comes from Twitter. Yeah, I'm very pro-Ukraine at this juncture, but... Absolutely. I don't have a lot of specifics. Yeah, I think that's just pretty much sums it up. Everyone here at John's Mostly Movie Podcasts. Um, stand with Ukraine, everything that's happening, and we're wishing them the best. And I don't have anything off the top of my head as far as where you can donate, but you can do research into getting any sort of donations out to them to the Ukraine for support. I know it is all hands on deck for them um, and just protecting their home. Um, and there's no easy transition out to that, but what we'll hope for is maybe some of our content can give you a break and you can enjoy it because the world is real. TV and film don't cover that up, but our hopes when it comes to TV and film is it does give us a time to escape, but also some space to reflect so we can come better to approach the world and everything that comes with it. Uh, Nick. Cue Willem Dafoe farting. Goddamn fart! Uh, Nick, uh, you and I are both a part of a spooky movie club where we watch films that are categorized as either spooky, eerie, they can be a slow burn. Uh, last night we watched and discussed The Lighthouse from 2019, and as you said, starring William Dafoe's farts and William Dafoe himself, along with Robert Pattinson. Um, Nick, was that the? F- it was your second time watching it. Uh, you enjoyed it thoroughly. Do you want to just address some points you brought up in the meeting yesterday? Some of your favorite ones. Uh, movie is an excellent use of shadow, tone, imagery, music, all to show what being cooped up and cramped in a tight space someone you don't particularly like can do to you over the course of days to months to years however long he's stuck in there and it's this would not have been a movie to watch during lockdown what would have been worse this or contagion um this this one this one's probably better and worse. <laughs> <laughs> because 
Because at first you're probably thinking, oh, well, that was a little eerie. But then as time goes on, you'd probably start thinking, I don't like the person here. They don't get my jokes. They um, feel a little unhinged. You know, they fart too. They don't say excuse me for the farts, nothing. Yeah. Uh, you said you viewed it in perfect conditions, though, that the weather and the universe was just placing you in an immersive theater. Yeah, I had to go outside for errands, and groceries, and stuff, and the day was completely gray. It's like 35 degrees, it's raining. It's pretty much exactly how it is in the movie. Any foghorns in the background? No, no. There were wind chimes when I got home. Yeah, but after because I immediately loved it as soon as I started it the first time and then I forgot about loving it this time and as soon as I restarted it I was like oh yeah I love this movie and Robert Pattinson's performance and look both make me excited to watch what he does with the Batman I agree it's interesting that if you have not watched anything of Robert Pattinson past Twilight and you just kind of like, let's just say we're keeping away from TV and film, and all of a sudden the Batman shows up and he's Batman, I'm sure that's going to be very jarring. But for people who have seen his work since, like trying to essentially give him some distance from his Twilight days, I'm sure that that was a great opportunity for him to grow his name, to be a part of a film franchise. I mean, he's not going to deny that, but I think he also wanted to take some time so that way he wasn't completely pigeonholed as uh, Edward. Uh, the same way we're seeing with, um, oh my God, I'm, I'm blanking on her. Uh, uh, throw me a lifeboat here. Uh, from uh, the lead of Spencer, uh, who played uh, Bella in the Twilight series. Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Uh, same way she has since also distanced herself from the franchise only to be able to dive into more roles that I'm sure they want to immerse themselves in and not have like the past kind of like, oh, that's not Robert Pattinson or this character. That's just Edward doing this. That's just, uh, you know, Edward Cullen playing the Batman. Um, but if you've seen The Lighthouse or Good Times by the Safdie brothers, uh, both really showcase his range. Um, his physicality in this when he's just starting to unbreak or like break, uh, untangle and just really go down that insane is amazing. Uh, the screams, everything, like it's very like his body just seems to be intaking all of this trauma and stress from his mind. Um, we both felt that it was a five tofu movie. So if you've not seen The Lighthouse, we really recommend it. And it's also one of those that I... A lot more needs to be said about William Defoe's performance. He's absolutely amazing. His facial hair is top notch. And he... I remember when we talked a couple episodes ago about William Defoe hosting Saturday Night Live and you had some qualms about the content they created for him. Mm. Basically just being like, hey, I'm William Defoe and I'm weird. And that's it. This movie does not help that argument. I'll say that. This movie's right up the fact that if it's weird, he wants to not dip his toe in, but just jump 
all right in and swim. And he does an amazing job of it. Yeah, I I'd pay for an audiobook of Willem Dafoe as this character, just speaking nonstop sailor talk. The toast. I just have a feeling there's going to be one night where I'm going to be out at a bar with you and you're going to be like, hey, hey, hold on. And I forget the name. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to write it in my arm to mem- memorize it. You're just going to be like, eh, fuck it. To, to two weeks. Four weeks. Relief. Uh, I did binge the first half of Abbott Elementary. Have you seen any of it? No. I saw the trailers for it. It looks pretty good. It's really good. Um, it's... There's a lot to be said about it, but it is so wholesome. Um, it's along the lines of that of Ted Lasso, but in its own style. And Quinta Brunson is a genius for the creation of it. What's I would say to me very refreshing about it is it's just telling a story, and the story happens to have a diverse cast. It's not necessarily telling a story of a black elementary school or a like and it, the elementary school that it's telling about is meant to be one that doesn't have a lot of income coming into it and is like you know city hasn't given enough funding to it and so it's showing how the teachers and the staff still with all the chips against them these kids are going to get the best education and love and mentorship and it really just shows and showcases that and it's beautiful to see that being told as a universal story, not specific to race, not that race isn't a part of it, because it absolutely is. But I think the most refreshing thing is these are just humans telling this story. It also happens that they are black or, yeah, predominantly the cast is black. Um, and the style, like everyone's comedy chops is just ringing and being shown and picks and chooses when it's going to showcase somebody and it's patient and it knows when to do that. It's not really wanting to get too ahead of itself. It's taking its time and building what need the blocks that we've seen there. I would highly recommend it. Um, I mean, I, I can't get past the, the title. It just sounds like it's affiliated with my governor who I hate. <laughs> that's fair that's fair well uh, as someone said on twitter the only abbot that we recognize is abbot elementary but um that's a very good it's a very good reason just um i would say just pretend that it's elementary but that's already taken and that's a completely different series um but like if you can like whenever you select it on hulu just like maybe like put the left hand above like you're gonna go visit the phantom of the opera that way yeah, I mean, don't, don't they say it. the name of the school several times an episode? I don't think, not as much. Not as much as you would think. Maybe in the first episode for sure, so that way it like sticks in people's heads. Um, but if you're a Texan who's wanting to watch Abbott Elementary and is having some trouble, well, you keep saying. and maybe just need some guidance, <laughs> shoot us an email at emails at johnsmostlymoviepodcast.com. Starting tonight, we have Super Pumped. With my main man, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, I was listening to a podcast that was talking to the creators of them. And if I understand correctly, this might be an anthology. Not too sure yet, but the first company they're focusing on is Uber. Um, and we're going to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of play that Mark Zuckerberg role. Nick is super pumped. We asked about it before when we throw in the trailers, but now that it, today's the day, 
will Super Pump make it to the television for you? No, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll depend on reviews and. But JGL. And, yeah, there's he he makes a lot of mistakes. <laughs> yeah, I, I. You take that back. <laughs> He's the the lead in one of my favorite movies of all time, so I want to give him some leeway. But they just. Please tell me that's I, ten things I hate about you. It is brick. That's a great one too. Ryan Johnson's, Ryan Johnson's first movie, the 40s style noir film in a present day high school, but they still all speak like 40s adults. It's excellent. Truly is. It's one of those movies when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is cool. And until watching it much later that I realized, no, this is cool for these reasons. Yeah. Six tofus. Six tofus all the way. I'm really excited to see the Batman. Me too. Obviously, the initial conversations that are going to come out for it is, is this worth watching? Because this is an entirely new Batman take and series, and that's always how it is. We kind of start comparing it. It used to be that everyone was comparing it to Tim Burton's, and then it's kind of become, we compare it to the George Nolan Clooney. Dark Knight series. <laughs> um, George Clooney being the unofficial goat of them all. Um, George Clooney, retweet us if you heard that. And we'll even take George Clooney's like distant cousin if you listen. Retweet it. Like, come on. A Clooney's a Clooney. Anyway. Going beyond that, I think the next one then topic-wise is going to be Robert Pattinson. Like we had talked about Twilight, now he's Batman. The separation from that. And then from there, it's kind of a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of aspects that of some people who could like topics that could shine. Actors, Zoe Kravitz playing uh, Selena Kyle, aka Catwoman. Um, Colin Farrell playing Oswald Calverpot, who eventually turns into the Penguin, looking nothing like Colin Farrell, whatsoever. Yeah, I'm, then, I'm pretty averse to skinny actors wearing fat suits as a fat actor myself. That's. Yeah. It's something that's not brought up, but is definitely a form of uh, accurate representation that's not being taken. Like, it is, like, I understand if he was going to maybe make the penguin, which this doesn't make sense, but just go along with me, the penguin just more slender and wanted to change his appearance completely. But yeah, I completely agree with you. It's something where there are other actors that could have easily, with also makeup, brought even more to or brought a different take to the role that might have been a little more accurate to the source material and the character. Yeah, I'm that's more excited about call out. Paul Dano's The Riddler. If with, yes, and that's... And I'm most excited to think about Jeffrey Wright is Commissioner Gordon. Well, uh, give me give me some um, takes on those two, because like next one that I was going to talk about was Paul Dano as The Riddler, and then Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. Are there any specific aspects that you're excited about? Or what have you heard? Because your ear's closer to the comic film universe than mine is. I mean, Paul Dano's a, a real Willem Dafoe in training. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, always a lot of weird stuff. And he always knocks it out of the park. Just my problem is, based on the trailer, I don't think he's playing a very Riddlery Riddler. Seems like he's got a pretty anti-upper-class motivation which 
uh, rules, but it's not necessarily... You're like, I was about to say, that's like right up your... But it's not necessarily what I would give the Riddler. Batman has other villains that do have that kind of motivation. There's a character called Anarchy. He could just as well be. You don't need the riddles for that. I mean, it just... But, but, you know, we'll see how the movie goes. I haven't... Yeah, I was about to say, I haven't seen... I agree with you because that seems like very much so someone said the Zodiac was a big influence to it. And that does seem like stylistic wise what we've seen from the trailers. But yeah, I don't, it's interesting. I agree with you that rules, but I wouldn't know if I place that as the Riddler when I first saw the trailer and real quick spoiler alert to, um, if you've not read or seen Batman hush, I'm just going to pause right now. Um, so that way people don't get upset at me, and I'm going to make my producer proud by putting a spoiler alert there. So when I first saw the trailer, I thought they were going to be doing a take on the Riddler similar to Batman Hush, which you introduced me to, mm-hmm. which kind of does show a more um, Riddler takes on the alias of a villain called Hush um, and has a completely different style than the Riddler um, and that's what I thought they were doing, except him not taking on a new alias, but just taking on that same style and keeping himself the Riddler. Maybe in theory that works, but in the like course of the story, what makes it like what makes Batman's hush like really like a big part of it is this villain who knows Batman, but Batman can't pinpoint who he is. Um, so I really do hope they don't take it that way. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I haven't seen any like Paul Dano tease like outside of like that one image we've gotten with him in the Riddler costume. Yeah, that that current Kanye West outfit. I haven't seen like what his <laughs> I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen him deliver lines or anything. I don't know what style we're gonna get. I mean I know he can hold his own. There will be blood. Paul Tano killed it. Yeah, I think there's a few lines in the trailer with the, the diner and the coffee cup. Oh, okay. But, yeah, Hush would really only work with established villains. We have to already have a usual suspects of weirdo bat villains for this to work out. And I, I made you read it, and, and your takeaway is the cartoon movie that changed the ending. <laughs> To be fair, I uh, didn't get through the comic. Piece of shit. <laughs> you took it back before I could. You have it. I don't have it. I can't help it if you're a slow reader. I, dude, that's part of, like, I have to do some work for work today because I'm a slow reader. And I'm, like, intake. And, and um, well, I have to watch a documentary on... James, you can cut this. I'm so sorry. Riddler's not um, hush in the book. Who's hush in the book? <laughs> Take a guess. Joker. Nope. Penguin. Nope. I mean, it's it's not. It's more obvious. Scarecrow. Like, like, what new character showed up? Just a new character? Yeah, it, no, wait. It's Bruce Wayne's childhood best friend that shows up at the beginning of the book. Got it. The the like the dude and okay. Yeah, the red-haired doctor, Tommy Alley. That's Alley. so much better. Yeah, I mean, it's still... Still... Okay, his, just, his motivation is lifelong jealousy of Bruce Wayne. Because his parents died, and 
he wanted his parents dead. <laughs> okay, now I kind of see the reason to change it, but... <laughs> yeah, but not to Riddler. I mean, but you find out later that, like, the end of the book, that Riddler masterminded the whole thing. Like, like he, like he helped Tommy Elliot do all that stuff, and got it. And he was pretending to just be a normal villain. And the thing is, Batman figured out that it was him because all the villains are doing something slightly different, except for Riddler, who's doing his normal shit. I like that. Yeah, and then they, Which compl- brings me... they completely ruin it by like having him at the end of the book as, well, I've, I've I'm such a excellent Riddler that I figured out who the Batman is, and then like literally like the next month, like he bumps his head and has amnesia. Okay. No, feel like they didn't do anything with that. Yeah. Well, it brings me before that. It... One thing I also want to see with this upcoming The Batman. Mm-hmm. Detective Batman. At the core of it, Batman is a detective. We need to see that. And not that it's not touched in other movies, but... Barely. Dark Knight, I You guess. can lean into it a lot more. I would love to see uh, something to that to Batman using his detective skills and, you know, research. I think, like, Nolan's movie just, like, uh, like grazed it. Ooh, look at him, like, checking out the evidence and reversing the bullet right. to find the fingerprint in the chamber. And I can't remember if there was anything in the first one. In the, <laughs> the, yeah, because yeah, I guess beyond that, our, our best detective Batman is Adam West. Still one of the best uh, jokers, I must say, for obvious reasons. What is your prediction, if you have to throw one down, for what the amount of tofus you're going to give the Batman? Three to four. Three to four tofus, okay. I'm, I'm a two to three. Only because... Well, you've just been talking up this... I want to re- <laughs> I want to reverse jinx it a bit. I want to say two to three, so that way it's like four or five. Like, that way this is a knockout. I really want this to be a knockout for... Um, All right, so you're thinking you know, four or five, but you're going to say, like, Zane I don't Kravitz. know, two... Just... I don't know, two, three. I mean, well, I'm, I'm truly on the fence about it because I could see it going either way. I could see this being a hit, not unexpected, but, like, a lot better than maybe people anticipated them falling in love with the characters, the style of the world, it being its own unique take, but still staying true to the source material that it's based off of. At the same time, it's DC, and since Nolan, it's been really hard to convince me, outside of, I would say, the Suicide Squad, the second one, like that DC can put it together, that DC can put together a... Like, not that it's them putting it together, but that someone can use that material and make a good movie out of it. It's been a bit. This upcoming week, anything in particular you're excited for to watch? Oh, I'm going to finish After Party, last episode. So. Okay. How's, how's it been so far? How's the ride? Um, it's 
not as funny as a normal comedy, and it's not as, you know, uh, it's not as standard as, as most murder mysteries. So a lot of the times their combination hits it in the park, but a lot of times it's because it's trying to be two different things. It's, it sort of drags. And, uh, I like it enough. It, when it, when it hits, it hits real good. And I, I like most of it. And I'm, I think my call for the killer is not it. Oh. Yeah, but I'm excited for the ending regardless. It's, it's getting to like that point where there's a lot of things that I do need to catch up. I need to finish the last season of Succession. I've kind of just been smiling my way through whenever it comes up in conversation because nobody... I've seen a couple of the first episodes and those seems to be what people are touching on outside of the finale because then I can tell when the conversation's going to head that way and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> uh, Here come the earpods. <laughs> and then... Becky's on season two of The Witcher, so I've been watching that with her. Have Severance. Abbott Elementary, luckily, no more till March 23rd. Normally I would be upset, not upset, but like sad by it, but that comes at a perfect time because I need to catch up. Um, Caught up this Wednesday, I'm interested. I've been watching Pam and Tommy. Have you been watching that? No. I really enjoy it. It's a lot of 90s nostalgia that's fun. I just, I can't, I think that Lily James and Sebastian Stan are doing a great job, but I I might be very partial because I'm a fan of them. So I'm really interested to see somebody else's take, yet I can't find anybody yet who's been watching it, and I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, Like, I might just be sucked into a trash TV show and not know it. that's going to be airing on Wednesday. And in between then, it's probably keeping up with the news. And it's going to be something that as soon as we end the pod, I'm going to be like, oh, fuck, that's what I was going to watch. Yeah. Yeah, because since Peacemaker and Boba Fett are done, I'm... Oh, that's another one. Both of those I need to finish. I need to start Book of Boba Fett. Part of me just wants to skip to the end because then it's just basically the Mandalorian two point, season 2.5. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there wasn't a whole lot of memes about that on the internet like the last couple of episodes, which makes me think that not everyone realizes that the Mandalorians, the last few episodes are the Mandalorian. Um, it's funny because from what I heard, uh, Chris Barlow, who everyone knows from our pod TV with Chris, he was saying that some of the best moments of Boba Fett have come towards the second half of the season, and that's because he's barely in it. <laughs> like Boba Fett usually is in the movies. So I thought that was cold-blooded, but also partially accurate. <sighs> There's a lot. It's like how... Be honest with me. For Book of Boba Fett, how long... Like, am I going to get sucked in immediately that it's going to be very easy to get to those last few episodes that are The Mandalorian? And are those last few episodes worth it? 
I mean, I loved the first couple episodes. Okay. Yeah, but, like, like it, it hooked me, and then, like, okay, and it just, I was immediately interested in his current plan, his flashback plan, and then the aspects I like of both, like, are done real quick, and the aspects I dislike start dragging. And so, like, the, the middle two episodes are the roughest ones. Okay. And what about for Peacemaker? Oh, beautiful show. All, all the way around. Loved it immediately. Just sometimes uh, the dialogue is a little too much. Because I mean, it's, it's like how we... <laughs> It, how we would write a, a show like that. It just, everything is quip, 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 back and forth. And like now their characters are just arguing. And they just, they just let the argument go on for minutes. Like, and it's, it can be funny. And, and I realize this is like how, how it is to, to, to have a conversation with us about Hush. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I get it. But, to, to yeah sorry about that James <laughs> James is probably going to be cutting around a lot of that stitching it together yeah but to, but to a, a, a normal viewer of content I think it it might that would be the only thing that that might annoy someone but other than that the for it's maybe the best comic book based TV show when Will I like the character of Peacemaker because of who he is rather be- than because he's John Cena? Right. Another spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Suicide Squad or Peacemaker, but John Cena kills Rick Flagg, and that's where I immediately hated him. And then he was trying to kill my favorite character, Ratcatcher. And so I yeah. liked John Cena a lot in the movie, but at that point I was like, Agreed. what an irredeemable asshole, and I will never like him. And then they're like, hey, check out the show about him. And I was like, you pieces of shit. Uh, right. But I feel like Rick Flagg, Peacemaker. <laughs> what a joke. Yeah, I saw a meme that was uh, that same thing, except it's Peacemaker. What a great show. Yeah. Uh, but uh. We, we see Peacemaker... And, and for me, this is where it sold me. But we see Peacemaker like talking to himself. It says, Peacemaker, you piece of shit. You killed Rick Flagg. You're, you are a joke. And, yes, I saw that. And then he's he's like crying. Like that's I was like, okay, well, as long as the character knows he's a piece of shit, I can get behind any kind of growth that he's trying to find. Agreed. That was pretty... Oh. <laughs> you got the vapors. Bless you. Sorry. Thank you. No, that scene I saw and was, it was accurate in the sense of it was a very human moment for the universe that they're in. Um, like, it's funny because no one's, I mean, I don't think anybody's showing remorse like that, but for the character, that is true remorse. That is what he's feeling. Everyone hates you because it's like he knows the what the audience is feeling. Everyone hates you. You're a piece of shit. You killed Rick Flag, And... His friend. Vigilante. Huh? Vigilante. Vigilante. Um, I love 
when Peacemaker and the wife of the couple he held hostage are in the bed smoking weed and Vigiletti's just pissed. Like, like, can't believe they legalized that. I would have shot you all three years ago. Yeah. Um, he's fantastic. Like, he uh, his, I know we get, an, I, I knew we get to see him in the first episode without his costume and just get to see his physicality and everything, but he truly is a scene stealer and not even that just like energy that he brings yeah. each time it's um I'm, I'm interested to see more of of him um i have left off where peacemaker is scoping up he's supposed to be knocking out that senator mm-hmm. but then once the senator's family go in it might be that they're all butterflies and that's where i'm at it's pretty early on very early on but According to you, that's going to be a quick finish. Like, it's great, totally worth it. And now, I'm just watching Lone Star Nine and one of my parents. I'm finishing this last episode after party, and then nothing on the docket till March 30th, and Moon Knight comes out. Well, you know, you could put Abbott Elementary on the docket. Oh, quit saying it. I'm just saying, Nick. Thanks for chatting. Thank you. Um, if anybody has suggestions uh, for what Nick could put on the docket, because uh, he's going to have an epi- empty docket, according to him, till March 30th, but I believe that there's an Abbott Elementary that could be there. Anyway, if you have a suggestion, tweet at us. Send us a tweet, John underscore podcast. Tag us with your suggestion. Flood it. Nick, if we get some suggestions, he'll let you know if he's watching it. We'll talk about it on the pod. Um, Nick, till next time. Goodbye. That's emails at johnsmostlymovepodcast.com. I really hope it's emails and not emails. James is going to be like, he's going to be cutting during this. He's like, it's emails. All right, let's uh, drag this part to the floor and trash it. All right, do another one with just email. That's fair. That's fair. You're, You're smart. James is always watching.